One of uh, the main struggles we had during this pandemic when shifting from the face-to-face classroom to the online and hybrid classroom was knowing how to assess our students, how to assess their skills and their knowledge. Because we knew that um, traditional multiple choice exams or case studies or even proctoring was not the best way to go but we didn't know what to do. So in this episode of uh, the podcast, we are going to talk about different alternatives to uh, assessing knowledge and skills in the hybrid and online classroom. These strategies are also great for the face-to-face classroom and they are really more engaging for your students, but also they let you assess in a more practical way uh, the skills, the soft skills and the hard skills students are acquiring during your classes. Welcome to a new episode of the Hybrid Professor Podcast. My name is Maria Ferrero and I am your host. Today, in this episode, we are going to talk about alternative assessment techniques and strategies in the hybrid and online classroom. We are going to see a different approaches and activities that you can put in place in your classes to assess hard skills and soft skills, and of course, knowledge of your students in a more engaging way. Okay, so we know that traditional assessment methods are far from being a fair indicator of intelligence, knowledge, skills, or effort. And they don't reflect whatsoever the abilities and preparedness of our students for work life. I have many students that suffer from dyslexia or attention deficit. And they have really a lot of struggles with uh, traditional exams and they are brilliant. But the way we are assessing them is not appropriate and it doesn't really uh, reflect what they know and the skills they have. Uh, So we are going to talk about different methods and alternative techniques that you can use and put in place in your classroom. Uh, that take into account different uh, learning um, ways and learning approaches so that you take in consideration all this diversity you may have in your classroom. Okay, so the first um, approach that I want to talk about is uh, Socratic seminars or discussions. Um, There is uh, plenty of ways you can put this in place. So online discussions and Socratic seminars are excellent ways to assess students' understanding, reflection, and application of concepts. You can ask specific open-ended questions or topics that will lead to mindful discussions and to the creation of new knowledge. Um, Students can uh, share and respond to each other's idea with text, images, or videos. Everything depends on 
what technology you want to use, but also what kind of, of topics you are developing and so on. Um, so how this works in the online or the hybrid classroom is that you start with a prompt. For example, um, it can be by using only audio prompts. So you can do this, for example, with an application that is called Synth or with Moat, for example, in your Google Slides, or you just can have a back channel where you start um, with a prompt, a text prompt, and have your students um, join the conversation with their uh, ideas and opinions. Um, so this can be both uh, asynchronously, uh, like uh, through open forums like Quora or Reddit, or you can do it asynchronously during your class while having, for example, a Zoom meeting. Uh, you can use systems like Slack, or you can even go uh, on Moodle and use um, the forum um, functionalities. But uh, what I really love uh, is using audio uh, prompts where students get to join. So Synth is a great uh, application for doing this. And the idea is that you give students like an amount of time uh, where they can respond and, and add on on the conversation and discussion from the previous student and from these colleagues. And they can, um, you know, like co-create together a discussion about a specific topic. What is important about this method is that you clarify from the beginning to your students what are their what are your expectations on their participation and how their participation is going to translate into grades. So maybe what you can do is to prepare from the beginning an evaluation grid or a grading grid where you are going to uh, decide on what are the criteria that you are going to evaluate. It can be, for example, fluentness of, of the communication. It can be um, the type of, of, of topics they talk about and, of course, their knowledge on the topic. Uh, it can be also about the, the way they use words, the way they debate, and so on. So there are different ways of doing this, but what is important is that you set up what are the criteria for evaluating their participation. The second activity uh, that I want to talk about is explanatory student video. Um, this approach is really great. Firstly, because it's an activity that students mostly enjoy. They, are, they have a lot of skills in creation and editing of videos, and they really enjoy the activity. But also, it's a great way for them to learn because they get to explain and, and do a, a summary about a specific topic. So they are kind of reflecting on the ideas they have of a topic. Um, so what they can do is that um, you can uh, create, for example, a list of topics uh, for students to, to work on, and they have to create uh, short videos um, explaining those concepts or topics. So students can work in, um, in pairs or in groups, depending on, on how uh, difficult the topic is or how much um, content they have to, to explain. And they can use animations or interviews or hand drawing or slide decks to create their videos. 
And then they can share it into the course platform. So it can be either through Moodle or Canva, depending on what is it that you use, uh, so that the classmate can access it and give their feedback. But you can also use other um, video uh, platforms and social video platforms. Uh, one I really love is Flipgrid because um, you can create private channels for your classes and topics and students can uh, react and create their videos and post their videos there and look at the, and watch the other videos from students and react with comments and so on. So it's a great um, like platform where you can share. So it, it works kind of as Instagram, but really like private for your class. And you can also use Loom, which is uh, another video um, platform uh, that that provides a lot of uh, also a lot of um, functionalities as a video editing um, uh, tool. So students can use it uh, for free, and it gives already a lot of of uh, opportunities and and alternatives for creating videos. Um, the choice depends on how you want to manage uh, the data and how comfortable you are and your students uh, with using uh, social media. Because you can also do it like in an Instagram account and have a, uh, an account for the class and make um, students have their their videos posted there or use TikTok, whatever you think is, is necessary. But I really prefer using um, Flipgrid or Loom for this matter because you can um, you know, control who will see um, this content and so on. Another approach that I use a lot with my students is self-assessment and retrospective learning. Um, so retrospective learning is a technique that we use in agile methodologies to reflect on our process of learning and on the experience we had like during the last week. Um, and it's also a great way for students to really understand how they learn uh, and, and, you know, like understand how they can do better or if they need to do better. So they understand the process as a whole, but also they appropriate those that process of, of, of learning so that they can, you know, improve for the future. What is great about uh, self-assessment and retrospective learning is that it's not only really good for assessing performance and skills in the class, but also is an opportunity for the students to learn to judge objectively their skills, their knowledge, their motivation, their performance, and so on. Um, so, like they really get to understand how they did during class and, you know, kind of, of get this responsibility um, to, to do better and to put the best effort they can. Um, so self-assessment is not always easy because, you know, it, it takes kind of a deeper reflection from students. Uh, it is crucial um, to clarify from the beginning that uh, there is uh, there is a need for them to be honest, to be transparent. That the um, that what you you don't want them to say, oh, everything is perfect and uh, there is nothing I would like to change. But on the contrary, you want them to be like critical on their on their judgment, and that's the only way it's going to work. 
so maybe it's important to to explain the imposter syndrome also when using self-assessment uh, because that's also a, a big issue sometimes for some students and they they don't understand really well or they they are kind of 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 shy when when having to assess their skills and, and knowledge um, so there are different ways you can do this activity um, I usually do it um, like on a synchronous um, mode so students get to respond like after a week of a lecture of sessions um, they get to respond either on an audio uh, activity or in a video, depending on what you prefer. And they answer mainly to four questions. So the first question is what they've learned during the week, what worked well, and what did they enjoy about the class, about the topics they saw, they, they, they saw in class, about um, the experience itself, what didn't work well and what they found challenging uh, during the lectures, during the exercise and etc. And how they will improve uh, for the next time. And it can be in terms of their own performance and motivation, but also in terms of, of the class itself and the content itself. Um, so you can do this uh, using, uh, for example, audio prompt. So again, you can use synth or Moat and Google Slides for this. Um, or you can use a Flipgrid and have them post the videos where they respond to these questions. So there are plenty of ways you can do this, but what is important is like to state what are the questions that you want them to answer. And of course, making like a frequent um, check-in about this. So it's, it's great because um, the students, they get to know like, how they are in their learning process, but also it gives you already an idea of who are the students that are struggling or what are the points that um, are difficult for most of students so that you can identify where you can change things. And also it gives you like quick feedback about the lectures you're having. And so you can modify, for example, content or the format and so on. Okay, the next activity is simulations, labs, and um, escape games. Uh, this is a great tool for, for assessing students' knowledge and skills because not only they have fun with this because they really enjoy it, but also because it's a practical way for them like to, um, you know, put in, in practice all this knowledge and kind of play if like if it was in the real world, right? Um, so there are plenty of, of uh, simulations depending on, on what is the topic that you're teaching, but there are plenty uh, simulations and labs that you can use. Many of them are quite pricey, but um, there is also a way for you to do it on your own and you don't need a lot of um, coding skills or things like this to, to create them. One application that I use uh, for doing this is Genially, which is really intuitive where you can create interactive presentations and games, um, like kind of escape games uh, to test your students. 
and it's free and it's really easy to use. You don't need any coding experience. But you can also use Scratch and code uh, your games um, if you have some knowledge in coding. Uh, I can say that Scratch is really, really easy to use because it's not like, I mean, you can code, but with modules, you do not need like a lot of skills on, on coding. And there are also other like different uh, games and simulations that you can uh, find for free. And this is a really good way to to assess the students' knowledge um, because it kind of, of reflects what will happen in the real life and they take the role of that um, during the simulation or labs. The next approach is a peer review. Um, feedback from peer can really motivate students to learn from each other. It's also probably one of the most effective approaches to learning because evaluating a peer work will help students to better grab concepts and knowledge since they have to kind of evaluate others on their knowledge. They have to also know, uh, you know, know what they know. Um, so they don't only understand better the topics, but they also develop critical and analytical thinking. Uh, the fact that they get to correct the work of others requires them to understand the what, the why, and the how. Uh, for this activity, it's really important to guide students on how they should give each other valuable feedback. Uh, so probably you should prepare uh, some uh, rubrics and prompts so that they know how they should be evaluating and grading their peers. So it's really important that uh, you provide like a sample of the evaluation grid and also examples on how to provide constructive feedback. So you can uh, provide a list of uh, guiding questions for them to ask each other so that they can evaluate objectively their classmates. And to ensure the quality of the peer review, you can also include a grade to the peer review activity. So they will not be only grading the others just for, you know, like for fun, but also they will be graded on the way they give feedback um, to their classmates. So you can ask students to evaluate the quality and usefulness of the feedback uh, that they receive from the peers, you know, so there will be kind of a double uh, peer review, uh, one giving um, a grade and evaluation to the work or exercise made, for example, from uh, their colleagues. And then that person who got evaluated will evaluate the feedback given by his classmate or her classmate. So you have both, you know, evaluating two things. Another great activity for assessing skills is uh, blogs or podcasts or audio uh, blogs. Um, journaling is a great way to reflect on learning and documenting the process. Uh, it allows students to communicate their ideas in a more creative and informal format compared to an oral presentation or, or you know, a writing uh, test. Um, so there are several platforms that can be used for free by students and professors to create a specific class block. So you can use um, Wakelet for this, for example, or you can use Medium also to create a publication 
and a collection of stories for each classroom, depending on how you want to do it. So the idea is that um, students get to create uh, blog posts uh, to develop on a specific topic, and you can create kind of, of intentions of frequency where they have to, you know, um, post every, for example, every week or things like this, depending on, on what is it that they, they have to post about. Uh, and you can also do this like in a newsletter uh, way. So imagine that your students create a newsletter and every week they get to develop a topic. So one person will be in charge of, of creating the newsletter and so on. Uh, and it can also be uh, in an audio format. So it can you can also create podcasts um, like this. So students get to, you know, develop an episode uh, where they develop a topic in specific that they saw in class. And every week, one uh, group of students or one student will post an episode. So it's a great way for them to learn and to, you know, reflect on what they know or research new things. Uh, and also is uh, like really more engaging than just having a writing, uh, a written test uh, for assessing their, their knowledge. What is great about blogging is that not only they are going to, to acquire knowledge on the topic they are researching, but also they get to you know, uh, develop skills about uh, content, digital content creation and digital marketing and so on, because uh, they not only write, learn to write better, but also create content for the online community. So they can learn, for example, how to apply SEO techniques and digital marketing and how to appeal a community and an audience um, by understanding what works well, like in the internet and so on. So there are plenty of platforms uh, for doing uh, this kind of, of activity for blogging. So again, you can use Wakelet, Blogger, WordPress, or Medium. I prefer Medium because it's really easy to use, it's free. You can create publications for, um, for your classes. And also, I prefer it to wiggle it because you can teach uh, students about SEO and their posts are really going to be like exposed to uh, the internet audience and to the medium audience, which is pretty big. Um, so I, I really think it's like the best application for that. Okay, so the last activity or approach that I want to talk about is open innovation challenges. Um, I think it's one of the best way for students to put in place their, their skills and their knowledge on real life problems. So as a professor, you can choose different open innovation or crowdsourcing platforms uh, to encourage students to work on real-life problems. So there are platforms like Agorize that connect organizations or enterprise with students to solve strategic problems and find innovative solutions. Um, there are plenty of, of uh, crowdsourcing uh, platforms out there. So you just need like to choose the best one for your uh, class and maybe choose what are the challenges that you want your students to work on. 
And what is great about this is that the problems that are there are real. So it's not just like a study case where uh, students get to, you know, analyze the case and try to come up with ideas, but it's really something that uh, an organization or an association or an enterprise is having right now and they are looking for solutions right now. So it's not something that was already solved, but something that is happening now. Um, so what you can do is uh, subscribe your class to one of these platforms and make your students, you know, participate on the challenge. So that means that um, they have to um, produce a solution to the problem that is posed by, by the company. And they get to work in groups and really provide uh, a full, let's say, solution to the problem and present it to um, the company that has given the challenge. Uh, what is great about this is that students get feedback directly from the organization and not just in terms of, of oh, they know they have the skills or they have this knowledge, but actually the implementation or feasibility of their solution um, in, in the context and um, for the problem of the of the company so uh, open innovation platforms are a great opportunity for students to team up with other students around the globe and collaborate virtually while applying their expertise to respond to the challenge uh, open innovation also promotes critical thinking the ability to overcome concrete problems uh, creativity teamwork and of course innovative behavior so uh I think that this is a great, great um, tool and approach for assessing skills. It also makes students to be more or to show more motivation and commitment to their learning process as they apply their skills in real life situations and they get immediate feedback from the organizations and the crowd. So they kind of understand what what they are applying and, and what those uh, skills and knowledge that they grab in class, uh, what why they are useful and when they are useful. So it's kind of, of getting practical right away. Okay, so that was it for today. Thank you for having me as your host. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that this gave you uh, some inspiration about how you can uh, create new assessment uh, opportunities for your students in your hybrid and online classroom. Please give me your feedback. Tell me what do you think. Uh, give me uh, the ideas, some ideas of what you do in class, uh, other alternatives and, and assessment techniques and approaches that you use. And of course, uh, give me your comments on what are the topics that you want me to talk about for the next episodes. I enjoy a lot having you today and um, speaking about this topic. And I hope I can see you soon uh, for the next episode. So stay tuned. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you receive all the notifications about new content that will be published. Also, remember that all the links to the applications that I introduce in these episodes are available on the comments of the episode and on the, of course, the transcripts. Okay, so see you soon and have a splendid day. Bye-bye.